one of the most unique podcasts on the planet. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. Hey, bus driver. The show about everything related to student transportation. If you're a student transportation professional, you found your show. Hey, bus driver. Exploring the entire school transportation universe. Talking to interesting and inspiring people, exchanging ideas, promoting student transportation industry growth, and sharing a few funny stories along the way. Now, live from Phoenix, Arizona, this is Hey Bus Driver, and this is Jason Nelson. All right, uh, it's been a few minutes, but uh, actually more than a minute. Why do people say that? I don't know, but welcome back to the show. Uh going to be just me and chad today so chad our wonderful color analyst who's been here with us for what six months pretty regular filling in helping out uh all the um you know i don't know i don't know what else to you want this big long drawn out thing and i you're gonna have to write it for me i think so i will i was just thinking i guess i'll have to write something out for him because he you're not doing a very good job i mean you get, you got to kick it up a little more. Like That's that all was right. That's all right. It's pretty, uh, ha- pretty half. We're get, pretty getting ready to close out 2021, so maybe that'd be something that we work on. Uh, you know, introducing how to introduce you to 2022. Maybe, maybe even we change up the show intro and have the guy that did the recording add some piece about you into the show, so uh, I don't have to do it. Happy birthday to me! <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> So, anyways, we're getting back to it. Uh, early December, um, yeah, lots going on, and um, just wanted to, you know, get an episode out here. We got another one pinned up for middle of December that'll come out, and you know, so here we are. We're going to talk a little bit about just checking in, um, you know, see where things are. Kind of, uh, we got a new COVID variant floating out, uh, another one, and so what's that doing for everybody? I don't think that we'll get into it in this show, but. It's obviously causing, um, you know, some, some just feelings, continued feelings about it, but also the other side of it, just, it's really continuing to wreak havoc on supply chain and getting people's, um, you know, buses built or products built or parts, uh, in to keep their operations going. And, you know, more and more people I think are deciding to, um, you know, move away from the industry, and so that's continuing on the bus driver shortage, and we're just, you know, continuing to, to truck on, so Chad, thanks for being here, and how are you, sir, on a Sunday morning during NFL football? Well, first of all, I don't want to talk anymore about COVID. I'm <laughs> over it. Let's move on. Right. Let's come up with a new thing. Like, Let's do uh, it. No, no more variants. No more COVID talk. <clears throat> I mean, it's like an episode of or like a season of Walking Dead. It's like too much. <laughs> um, Sunday. Golly. Man, a lot happened yesterday. I had a terrible round of golf at a golf tournament for a uh, school district that we helped sponsor. Me and Tom and Luke. Uh, off who used to work for us in the service department over there. I played horribly, and uh, which was fully expected. Thankfully, it was a scramble. But we did use two of my shots. So that's a pretty big win for me. Were those like right around Uh, the green, you know, where you're helping out or a putt potentially to to hole out? (laughs) Okay, so yeah, three. Three, yeah, because I did have one pretty decent putt. 
and uh, I, accidentally, I accidentally dribbled the ball up onto the green one shot. There you go. 150 out. Wow. Just dribbled up there. I'm like, oh, everyone else just had a bad shot, really. So I kind of felt like I was carrying him for most of the day, those ah. three shots. But, um, yeah, no, and then uh, followed my Oklahoma State Cowboys losing a game they should not have lost yesterday. So that was a – so I, I guess today's just bad. Just a bad day. Well, my so, Steelers are going to play. They're doing terrible. So my wellness check is not good today, Jason. <laughs> I'm not well. I'm not well at all. Not well from your extracurriculars. But how's how's business been going? What's what's work been like? <clears throat> obviously, getting out. Are you able to start seeing more and more uh, clients? Or are you still having to do like virtual meetings? Um, I don't know. You know I've only got a couple that everything's pretty much back to normal. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm busy swamp i mean seriously we've got tons of quotes out there got a lot of buses coming in got a lot of buses work on getting ordered um everyone making up for kind of what we predicted you know everyone set quiet last year they needed to replace buses they didn't replace buses so they're doing it this year so we're getting a lot of that which is good having a, having a pretty good year really i mean next year actually is already set up to be a great year just on buses coming in wow. it, uh, you know that'll be built and delivered next year so it, uh, I can't complain. I will not complain about work. I will complain about extracurricular, <laughs> but I will not complain about work. How's the jerky business? Uh, slow, <laughs> slow. I mean, not not the sales. Like literally, the kid can make sixty pounds and it's already sold. He can just ship it. Nice. He just, uh, you know, big adjustment, moving to new state, school, you know, all that stuff. I mean. Uh, Kind of getting it in gear. I think, uh, I think after the first year, we'll probably kick it up and, and go. You know, uh, he's he's getting into golf lessons and stuff. So thankfully, I told him when I got home from the golf tournament, I walked in his room. I said, "Listen, kid, when you start your golf lessons, I need you to pay very close attention to what they tell you because when you come home, I need you to tell me the information they provided you to help my golf game because I'm horrible and I need help. This is embarrassing." You can't just be the uh, the parent that's there to watch him during practice so he can pick up a few things without pain. You know, I could. I could. You're right. I could just like. In He's the a minor. I don't really feel my... comfortable with you being, you know, an adult, another adult being. So you could probably just get in on it. You're not going to be able to swing a club, but at least could maybe that's like really... just hit record on your phone and, and record it. And then ah, see. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I could just Velcro mine to his bag, hit record, and have him just point it towards it. That's a great idea. Or set up a GoPro on a tripod and say, hey, you know, for later, you know, my practice, tell him that for his practice, you know. That's a great idea. Yeah, pretty smart. Great idea. I love that. Right on. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, it's glad to hear that uh, things are, you know, going pretty well. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, school, like I said, uh, I think everybody's Mm -hmm. excited for the – impending winter break which is what just two weeks away i think so uh that'll be a welcome you know kind of quiet time refresh reset for everybody we we're hoping to have shannon here uh join us but she got a little bug so she's uh a little under the weather but um have you heard of you know obviously last in november there's a you know election that went through and so several districts were going out either for an override or some type of um bond or capital override 
anybody, I mean, not to name names, but were, were you working with clients that um, potentially were counting on that as far as, you know, to pay for buses and then found out uh, didn't pass or community didn't pass it? So what does that look like for you and how do you work yeah. with them in, in order to work around that? Actually, I did hear about something about that. Yeah. Um, came across my desk. Someone mentioned it once or twice. Um, yeah, no, I had some, had a couple of districts in particular that their district is growing substantially, you know, I mean, quickly and they needed it. They needed it not just for transportation. They needed it for new buildings, you know, upgrades. Uh, one of them was building a high school, started building a high school with the, was hoping for that money mm-hmm. to offset the money they pulled out to use. It did not pass. Um, another one in need of in need of some transportation and some facility, you know, funding and and uh, whatever else they're going to use it for. But they, uh, yeah, there's there's a couple of them that really, one of them in particular really needed the funding, didn't get it. Obviously, uh, going to shoot for it again next year. The other one, they definitely could have used it, didn't get it. They've got a plan for following up you know, without it. But, uh, you know, when a school's growing and one of my districts in particular is growing a lot. Um, I mean, they, they, they can't keep up. You know, I mean, they're getting more, they, I don't know what they say, a thousand new students this year mm-hmm. versus last year. Yep. And they're expecting even more next year. And they barely have enough, bu- they don't have enough buses to get by this year. They needed this for buses for new facility to house all those buses for the, you know, for the maintenance shop and whatnot. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do next year. One thing that we are working with some of these districts um, to set up like a lease, you know, cause they're, some of them are looking at renting buses, mm-hmm. uh, contracting buses, not drivers, just the buses. So I actually put together a proposal for a couple of them on uh, a lease, which is cheaper. You know, you come out to hundred and, I guess 77 passenger, one of our stocks. I mean, you're 140 ish a day yeah. versus what, 250, $300 a day to rent one. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make, I mean, and you're, you're basically building towards like, say, on a three year, you got the option to turn it in or you can pay the residual and own the bus. Mm-hmm. So, and we do a five year also. So there's financing, there's leasing, there are options for school districts that need buses versus going out and contracting one. That doesn't seem to be a, the- a very big thing out here of leasing versus like they do that more in the Midwest or the East Coast. You know, I feel like more operations will lease vehicles than they do. You know, here it's more of an outright purchase type of thing. Do you, do you have any experience with that? Well, when I came from I came from Midwest Bus Sales out of Kansas City, and they were a six-state dealer for Thomas, and they did a ton of leasing in Illinois, Missouri, Oklahoma. And uh, each year, I was the manager for the used bus department. Each year, they would have around 400 lease returns, three-year-old lease returns come back in for into the used bus department. And uh, the last year I was there, we had almost 500. The following year, they were projecting like 550 buses coming back off lease. So, yeah, I actually have quite a bit of experience on the on the used side. And the buses come in, help set residuals and whatnot. So uh, it is it is big out there. I think part of the reason I I feel like part of the reason is just how they're they're funded. It's a little little bit different setup, but also out here in Arizona, 
you'd have a bus for 20 years and body wise corrosion all that stuff it's fine it's yeah. perfectly fine out there illinois you got a 20 year old bus you're just hoping kids aren't falling through the floorboard <laughs> you know yeah. so it's uh it's rough i mean there some of them are rough after three or four years so it makes more sense out there to do it but here with districts that get in a bind they, they can't go out and purchase 10 new buses at $140,000 a piece. You know, they have 1.4 million sitting there. When you go out and lease 10 buses and say the payment, say yearly payments, you know, $20,000, you know, you $200,000, you can have 10 new buses sit on your lot for that year, for that sure. school year. So are you guys leasing, you. are you leasing new buses or leasing the yeah. like, used buses that are coming back in or how or do you rent the like i know that i've had districts reach out to me in the past and say hey you know we're literally out of bus like we do not have a, a spare bus can we rent your bus they're looking to rent another district's bus can they reach out to the dealer and say hey we just want to rent your used buses or is there some type of liability that you know you guys don't necessarily get into got it because you haven't gone through it's not one of those like safety 100 point inspection systems or whatever so it's if they want to they they've got a they've got a lease of a a new bus yeah we're doing we're doing leasing and like i said i've got i've got a few of them out and it's really again it's set up where you can turn it in you can pay the residual or you can refinance that residual say after three years if that residual's fifty five thousand dollars you can just outright pay the fifty-five thousand, own it, or go out and get you know two more years of leasing or, or you know uh, financing and, and finish paying that bus off in two payments. Or they could turn and it back in turn, and get new buses. I mean, turn, turn it back in yeah. and get a new one. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of what we did at Midwest Buses. After three years, in that third year, you contact the school. Are you going to renew your lease? How many buses are you going to turn back in? How many are you going to keep? Let's say they had twenty buses leased. You know, for on a three-year cycle, okay, we're turning in 18 of them. We're keeping two. So you go out, you order 18 new buses, and when the school year ends, you go pick up those leases. You got their new ones ready to go. You deliver those. You de-letter the the lease returns, put them in the used bus inventory, and sell them. And some schools did purchase. Some schools just outright said, "Well, we only owe forty-five thousand dollars. Here's a payment. This is our bus now." So it can go both ways. Majority of them turn it back in. But again, it doesn't make as much sense to me here in Arizona because you don't have the corrosion and, and the, all the things that come with corrosion on your brakes and your suspension and even engine components, you know, all the corrosion and the salt, what it creates out there. It makes much more sense to turn it after three years out there. Out here, I, I just see a five-year lease making a lot of sense for a school district. Here, really, it's a three year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that that was but, always but, kind of my I, my like why? How do we get there? Right, the historical factor of it, and obviously, I've only been in this a decade, but you know, it just seems like practice of purchasing outright because of where the I'm assuming where the funding is coming from. Potentially, the that funding is required to purchase versus pay for a service, right? And I I air quote that so. Um, you know, but my, my thought is like, when you're talking about movement of students, 
why wouldn't you want to put yourself in position to have the best, most newest equipment always on the road versus something that's aging that you've bought and going to depreciate for, you know, over 10 or 15 years that you've got to keep up with, right? If you're looking at a five-year lease, you're covered under warranty, you've got, you know, air conditioning that's latest and greatest, you've got all the newest technology that's coming to you on a revolving basis, like, to me, that just makes a lot of sense, but also understanding, right, depending on where the funding's coming from. If you take the funding side out of it and just said purchase versus lease and money wasn't, you know, the the big hang-up, right, to me, the like I said, the lease option seems like the most benefit for just when you're talking about running a top-of-the-line operation that's, you know, reliable and, and on the go all the time, pretty much 100, 100% of the time. If money isn't an object, no concern, absolutely. If, because again, we go back to corrosion, how long we can run buses out here in Arizona, or just Western states, California, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico even. Um, If money is an object, absolutely. Five years, turn them over. But out here after five years, you still have a pretty good bus. It's paid for. You can keep it, stretch out 10 years, easy easily stretch out to 10 years. So <clears throat> one school district that we had in Illinois and uh, well, let me, let me say this first. I think part of the issue with leasing out here, it isn't pushed heavily by the dealers for the sake of our air conditioning system is head and shoulders above Oklahoma, Texas, you know, Georgia, I mean, they don't have the type of AC system we have out here and the expense of it. And they don't have as heavy as spec buses either. So on a three-year lease return, you run into the issue of you don't want 50 or even like Midwest bus sales. Heaven forbid you have 400 lease returns coming in every year sitting out here on the lot. What states are you selling to? Because, you know, Oklahoma's not going to pay for a $20,000 AC system. They don't need that. Right. Right. So. The cost out here for our buses are higher than most other states because of AC and, and stuff like that. So you kind of run into that with the dealer where they're not going to push a lot of lease returns because where do we go with them? You know, there could be other schools in the state that could save money and buy one. You know, $60,000 for a three-year-old bus. Yeah, sign me up. You know, we got the money for it. Um, we had a school district out in Illinois <clears throat> that was – deep, deep, deep in the red. I mean, they were hemorrhaging money. A new director came in. This crazy idea at the time, one-year leases. One-year leases on, they had like five or six buses. We're going to lease five or six buses every year. Every year we're turning back in, getting five or six new ones. No maintenance, no oil changes, nothing. They didn't need, they needed someone there to kick the tires and check the oil. That's all they had to do. Replace the light bulb every once in a while. Crazy idea, right? After three or four years, the district was back in the black because they didn't have all this extra, you know, they were replacing transmissions and heads and turbos and brakes. And he went to another district, exact same situation, did the exact same thing, got them back in black after a couple of years. And when I left, he was on his third district doing the exact same thing. Great for the district. Terrible if you're a manager of a used bus department that has to try to sell those one-year-old buses because they don't they don't they don't depreciate fast enough. Right. You know, what I mean, the, the the residuals too high, and 
you know, it's hard to sell a one-year-old bus for $4,000 less than a brand new one. Right. It's hard to get out of those. But it worked for the district in that situation because they were able to get rid of all those maintenance costs, all the overhead, had one guy kicking tires and checking oil. Yeah. Is it? <clears throat> and uh, I don't encourage anybody out here to do that. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> no, and again, I don't, I mean, I don't know of many that are that are actually taking advantage of lease anyways. You know, I think it's the the notion of, you know, we're paying for something we want to make sure, even though there's that option of paying at the end of the five years, right, we own it. But I think it's just the way that the funding comes down to where, what the, the type of funding, bond versus capital versus, you know, M&O funds, depending on how they're paying for it, is going to, determine right the type of purchase i guess so to speak so um well the 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 good thing about it for example like the school we were talking about earlier is you're in a bind you don't have the money to go out and buy 10 new buses you need you can lease 10 buses you can get by if you're looking for a bond coming in the future you think next year or two years now you're going to be able to pass this bond basically you can go ahead and get your new buses now then when that bond passes, you can either pay for them, continue to make your payments and buy them after the third year. So in certain situations, I think it makes excellent sense. And, it, and versus going out to, I won't mention any names, but some of these contractors that are renting their buses, it's an exorbitant amount of money for a day. Yeah. When you, when you can be paying far less money, you basically own the bus. You're insuring the bus. The title is in your name. It's almost like it's really basically like a finance situation that you can just back out of after three years or five years. You know, we have five year leases also. So I think it's great. It's a great option for a school that needs buses now and projecting, even if, even if they're not projecting a, a bond in the near future. They can make these payments and, and get the new buses they need now. And there's some there are some school districts out there that they need buses. They just can't afford to buy more than like one. Right. Well, by the time they replace all the bus, you know, they're gonna spend a ton of money every year. You're spending ten thousand dollars on transmissions and brakes and, and and AC and whatnot, keeping them going on top of the other expenses you got keeping those buses going. You know, you, you pay a little bit more and make a payment on a bus. Yeah. And own it. Yeah. have a warranty no i think it's you know always interesting i mean i get it right one's better than none but it's always interesting and by then it then they've got you know at the end of 10 15 years they've got a nice odd rainbow fleet of you know whatever just happened to be the i guess the um flavor of the you know flavor of the year so mm-hmm. you know makes it very difficult for at least the operational side for maintenance and you know, whatnot, trying to make sure everything's uniform and, you know, that's a whole nother probably podcast topic that we could talk on. But what are you seeing as far as like just delays in purchases and are not necessarily purchases, but the, the build delays, right? I mean, you know, we hear about staffing shortages pretty much everywhere. Um, Microprocessor, you know, um, Mm -hmm. shortage that's, that's preventing, I mean, some of the, the ECU or the ECM, you know, the computers that go into the bus. And now that you've got all these other smart technologies that are going into, you know, our vehicles nowadays, how is that impacting your turnaround times and delivery times as far as, you know, what you're able to deliver back to the customer? 
No, there's there's a definite impact, and it's it's not just the microchip, which I'm so sick of hearing that word. You know, <laughs> I mean, enough. Heaven <laughs> forbid. But no, it's a it's affecting a lot of different components. You know, some small. I mean, IC has been hit. All of them have been hit by IC, Bluebird, Thomas. Um, sorry, my earpiece fell out. Yeah, they've all been hit by it. There's shortages. Like I say, it's not just a microchip. It can be a. I don't even know how to. I think I've seen steel or steel prices, or you know. Oh, steel prices are astronomical. I mean, if if you didn't buy a bus last year and pay five, six, seven thousand dollars more for that same bus this year, just steel prices, rubber prices, the surcharges that are coming, the increase in in the uh, products, and steel is one of the biggest offenders of that. Um, But yeah, there is a shortage. Fortunately, we at RWC were lucky to had the foresight we ordered a lot of incoming stock buses before this hit we have a ton of inventory coming in and we got a lot of it's already sold and a lot of it's not sold so i think we'll be able to get through it pretty well um we're out to like may if you bought if you ordered a bus today we're out to like may maybe june build date it's not well building got it yeah it's great for us uh i'm hearing from Customers, the other two are out. Thomas and Bluebird are out to September right now. Mm-hmm. Build date. That's substantial. That's you're looking 10, 11 months. From the time you order a bus to the time it's built, that's substantial. And then a lot of it is supply chain. I mean, you slow down production. You know, IC can build up to 80 buses a day. I think they try to stay around at 60, 65, and they're down to like 50, 55 a day just because you got to slow it down a little bit because you don't have all the components showing up in time. Sure. And some of them are being built. It's like, kind of like General Motors and Ford and Dodge building buses and they're parking them on a lot, waiting for one component to hit so they can go put on and get the bus delivered. Got it. So it's, it's definitely starting to affect the school bus industry. It wasn't as much at the beginning, but we're definitely all seeing it right now. So as far as like you guys, you said your order, you ordered stock buses. You'll just have buses on the lot that are available that you guys kind of give a Arizona standard spec to, and then you know if people are that, I guess, in a in a spot where they really need to purchase, they've got available options. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. They're and they're not cheap spec, which I've I've pushed for some cheap spec. I see. You know, can we get some? work trucks we got a bunch of high countries can we get some work trucks out here as well yeah (laughs) you know know, yeah but yeah they're there and and i've sold uh i've actually pre-sold quite a few of myself i know the other sellers have have as well it's nice that tom had the foresight to see this coming and jumped out there and we had the resources and ability to order a ton of stock buses so it's been very helpful because when you tell a customer listen you're may june before your bus can be built, or we've got these coming in January, February. They put me on a list for the January, February buses. Let's get them. So that's yeah. been a, it's been a huge help. I'm sure Thomas and, and Bluebird. I'm sure Auto Safety House and Kansas State have some coming as well. You know, so uh, if not, good for me and the rest of us over here. <laughs> sure. Safe, but... No, I mean I, I get that, but as far as like, I mean, do you see people kind of dipping back into your use size as well? Just you know, like, hey, well, we're that hard, you know, yeah. we're we're in that much of a pinch that we're we'll just take our chances with whatever is on the use mm-hmm. lot or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a ton of used buses that 
you know, I've actually had a couple of customers that find out, you know, well, I can't really wait three, four, five, six months. You know, what do you get on the used side? Which, you know, Luke has quite a few. Luke's the one that sells our used buses. I don't get to play in that game anymore. Um, and he sold quite a few of those. I mean, it is nice to have that inventory as well. So which is where if we get more heavily involved in the lease side, and again, I don't, I hope to God RWC never does four or 500 buses a year like <laughs> Midwest did, because that's a lot. But if you can get, you know, 20, 30 buses on a regular rotation coming back every year, that'd definitely be huge for the bus market in these districts that don't have $130,000, $140,000 for like a sped bus or 77, but they've got, you know, 60 and they can get one or they need two buses. They can buy two for the price of one. They're three years old with, you know, 30, 40,000 miles on them. That'd yeah. be huge for some school districts for sure. What are you guys seeing as far as like the electric side? I mean, kind of starting to ramp up. And- oh, electric. I knew that was coming. Couldn't stop. Couldn't wait. <laughs> Couldn't wait to talk about it. Could you, <laughs> you know, I had the chance to drive two of ours uh, a few months ago. I was a little excited about it, but hesitant, you know, and, eh, I don't know how this is going to be. I mean, I'm, I drive a diesel pickup. You know that. Mm-hmm. I'm a diesel guy through and through. Came from the oil field. I mean, it's all about diesel in my, in my family. But uh, I have a little interest in the electric cars and pickups and trucks, buses. I don't. I don't know when they're going to be able to get trucks going. I don't know how you're going to haul that much freight across. You know, you yeah. can't go two hours, stop and recharge for four hours. But, uh, talk about a supply chain shortage. Right. All trucks at charging stations. But drove ours and I was blown away. Seriously. I told friends and family, I said, I've never been impressed with a school bus in my life. Never once have I gotten a school bus. I'm like, man, this is nice. It's just like, oh. This is this is nice, yeah. It's good. I like it. That thing drove both of them. I was blown away. I really was. It was so impressive, and they did a really good job. Um, of course, you've got we've got some obstacles on the IC side to overcome. They've got a third battery option. They're still working on. We're hoping for twenty twenty three. It's available. Um, the two battery option, I think one hundred seventy mile range, one hundred seventy five mile range, which is great. You know, and, and I've been pushing districts to go. If you want to dip your toe in the electric side, look at a sped bus. Mm-hmm. You know, start small, start sped. You don't have as many students. Keep it close to the school district. You know, that to me, that makes sense. You know, don't don't go big right out the gate because you don't know if you're going to stay in it, how long you're going to stay in it, if it's going to be feasible for you. Have one district, <clears throat> excuse me, have one district way up north um and then on the reservation apache that is looking at an electric bus which is shocking but they may get the grant for it and uh she asked me she goes if we get this electric bus like could we take we could take it like the uh grand canyon on a field trip right I'm like, no no not at all like that's not no until their infrastructure is in place 10 years from now that's not gonna be an option like you you can keep it you know, 150, 200 miles a day on the third battery, you know, that's where you're going to be. You're not going to load up a bus full of kids and go to the Grand Canyon. It's not going to happen. Unless you have an entire week, you plan on spending about an hour there looking at it. <laughs> you spend three days driving up, look at it for an hour, and spend three days driving back. Yeah. 
because you're going to have to stop and charge. It's just not feasible right now. But there are, like with anything, TVs, cars, phones, computers, it's going to advance quickly. You know, I, I was kind of interested in the new Silverado, electric Silverado coming out. But I've stopped, curbed my enthusiasm, if you will, because I don't want to own a $400 electric pickup. In five years from now, they have a thousand mile electric pickup. Now that 400 mile electric pickup's useless. Nobody wants a 400 mile electric pickup. Right. And that's what's going to happen. I mean, we all know that's what's going to happen. You know, the four or 500 mile range on cars isn't going to be the peak. You know, it's going to continue to get better. You're going to get more mileage, be more efficient. They're going to be cheaper. Same thing's going to happen with buses. Exact same thing's going to happen with buses. I mean, they're going to figure out, you know, more better batteries are going to come faster. They're going to start implementing those. You can go from, you know, like our peak max range, our three battery systems, 220. I predict in, you know, I don't know, say six to eight years, that'll be the minimum range for any of us, 220. Is that 220, obviously like an optimal, like no air conditioning? How does that impact in here in Arizona, especially down the valley where it's like, you know, you got to run the AC. So how's that, how does that take over? The, the batteries had the electric heat actually draws more than the air conditioning. Okay, believe it or not, yeah, because you got all that power to generate the heat up the coils or whatever. I mm. don't know the science behind it, but um, I tell people take the take whatever range you're to being told and subtract 20%. So if you got someone's telling you 200 mile range, you may have 160 miles got because it. of driver, because of AC, because of you know, start and stop, you know. Take 20% off the top. And I know um, I won't mention any one of the competitors. They're big. They're big bus. We've heard in California from a few dis- different districts out there. And one in Washington that has one like 85 miles on a full on a full charge. Now they're told 140. They're getting 80. Got so, it. you know, it's, I don't do the math on that. Is there, um, these are just lithium batteries, right? Like, uh, are like the new kind of new lithium? Or, I mean, obviously, it's not like your standard car battery that's in there all linked together type of thing, correct? I know they're, they're similar. <laughs> yeah, they're similar. Uh, I, I don't know why you're asking that question. Uh, if you, I'm not one of those guys. I'm not an engineer, no, Jason. What are you doing? Okay. <laughs> No, they're they're actually similar to like what you get in like a you know a Tesla type car. Yes. Got it. Yes. Yeah, they're not like NICADs. So if a district was to reach out and say, "Hey, we want to go electric," right? Or we we're starting to look at it, which I know there's a couple uh, districts here in the in the valley that are starting that. They've already got a couple in their fleet. Um, you know, obviously going sped, but you know, is there? Are all three options available as far as the, you know, uh, type A versus conventional versus transit available? Are they, you know, what are you, and also what are you guys seeing as far as like, you know, you mentioned a grant available. What other types of, you know, obviously this was a big push from the White House as far as, you know, getting electric. There, there's been some news, um, I feel like a few months ago that was kind of the talk of the town in the bus world, like, you know, uh, President Biden was putting out 
however many millions of dollars kind of set aside for for the electric bus school bus itself you know just to start getting everything electrified what, what have you guys been seeing about that so and i see we've got when we deal with collins they have the electric bus they have a couple of different different options in the type a electric um we sold a few already i've got a quote out for a couple more um we're doing conventional we're not going with the with the big transit style bus obviously all the additional weight and um everything else involved we're just ice just not going that route they're going to stick with conventional um which which makes sense i mean in the in the school bus world transit sell five percent of bus sales that's it that's everybody combined. it's like a predominant bus out here on the west coast basically right yeah yeah but it's only five percent of the sales for the manufacturers Got it. so if you're going to throw your hat in the ring you're going to do it with the buses going to get you more you know more sales really Sure. You know, majority of the buses um <clears throat> they are working on an 83 passenger conventional which if, if people are looking for capacity get 83 passenger conventional save fifty thousand dollars of the price of a, of a big transit hmm. you can still haul just make kids yeah so that that's that's definitely an option i think uh i think bluebird right now from what i understand i, I don't know if they've done the vision yet i know they're doing the re that's all i've seen so far is the re there's a, there's a vision model out there. I drove it. Is there? Yeah. Oh. It's nice. Okay. <laughs> you should have came and drove ours. Yeah, I haven't, haven't haven't got the invite. Weird. So. You, you, you kind of did, Jason. <laughs> you, you got the invite. You're just busy. But that's fine. You, you don't you don't deal with buses anymore anyway. You don't have any say so. You're right. You're right. So. <laughs> um, I, and I don't know about Thomas. I know they've got a conventional. Did they, did they do the transit? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. So there's actually a, another company out right now. That's, uh, that, uh, uses a Chinese battery motor. I think I saw uh, that. I forget what they're called. Somebody was showing me that. Plus you've got, you know, flying buses out there also as an option. So I've been mm -hmm. trying to get Melinda on the show, but would a, would a lion work out here in I, Arizona? I, I don't know. I want more they information met, about met. it, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, not exactly. Met. Would they, would they melt? Maybe Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> a plastic Canadian bus would it melt yeah. in Arizona? I don't know. I, it's it is a valid valid question. I mean, I ask that even when we're, you know, putting cameras on or GPS on. You know, you start thinking about the the technology that goes into that, and you know, here a bus sitting in in the sun, um, you know, like most lots are down here in the valley, or you're gonna mm -hmm. see. You know, hundred and easy, probably hundred and thirty degrees inside without it. You know, being cooled off and moving. So, what does that do to to your computers? They're not they're not intended to sit in that type of um, weather, right? And so, yeah. you know, granted they have all their little fans and cooling fans and whatnot, but <clears throat> running, you know, it's pushing hundred and eighteen during the summer. You got kids on board, and that door is opening up, and and most of those camera systems are out right there at the front of the bus. So. You know, um, that was a big thing that we saw um, early on in my career when we were, we saw cameras and, and GPS systems that just would stop working. And it was it was all because of the heat. So it's, it's a valid question that I ask. And I'm sure people that probably who live in the, you know, northern part of the country that get super extreme weather the opposite direction, right? Cold and, 
mm-hmm. uh, whatnot, you know, minus however many degrees, like what, what does that look like? And what does that do for those, those systems as well? So now I know on the lithium, on the, on the battery packs, heat is definitely an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's been some issue with them here in Arizona. The, the first bus is rolling out, not with ours, but, um, I've heard of, I've got a couple of districts that have one. They bought the first generation um, from someone else, not from me. Well, I talked to him about that. But anyway, so, so they, uh, they there has been some heat issues, you know, keeping them cool. Uh, but I, I think it's probably been addressed pretty quickly. Um, we didn't, we haven't seen any issues with ours. Um, we'll see how that you know, lifespan goes over, over the course of the life. But I think that's going to be an issue in Arizona. I really do. I think yeah. if they're, which they're testing in hot States, yeah, they're running Nevada. They run some in Arizona, California, the hotter parts of California. Hopefully they're not down in San Diego testing the heat <laughs> issues, but, uh, but they, uh, you know, that, that's definitely an issue, but the good I, thing about a school bus is there's enough real estate underneath there to add more cooling fans, more radiators to, you know, to create more cooling where if like you're in a car, like a Tesla, you only got so much room to, right. to cool. Right. But, uh, so I know it's, it's definitely been an issue at the start with the first generation from others. You know, I think, even on the truck side, they tried to run some, some trucks and found out heat was an issue. So obviously every manufacturer is addressing that because with the Biden proposal or the bill coming, it's five hundred thousand dollars, five hundred million dollars a year towards electric, five hundred million a year towards propane, gas, CNG, uh, each year for five years. Hmm. So two and a half billion towards electric, two and a half billion towards uh, alternative fuels. Yeah. So we're seeing some school districts also getting uh, quotes on propane and gas as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 definitely interesting. I think there's that viability, like you were kind of alluding to earlier right with what's available now the range you know you start talking about how long are we going to have this bus for as quickly as things evolve and technology evolves right it's it's kind of like well you know i see a lot of districts that are wanting to do kind of a a you know one-off purchase here might purchase a couple buses just to say hey we're going green you know kind of make it a kind of a pr move versus you know, what is the viability of that bus going to be 10 years down the road, right? Are those batteries going to mm-hmm. be already obsolete? Are, you know, what's the technology for it? Can they be swapped out? Can that bus still be used, right? Um, you know, and, and the distance, right? I think, you know, a small district that only has, you know, maybe 25 square miles or 20, you know, 10 square mile district, you know, that probably makes a lot of sense for versus somebody that's, a unified district that has, you know, 500 square miles to cover, mm-hmm. especially if they're doing some type of sports trips or things like that. Like that's just doesn't become an option. Like you said, the, the, the folks up North that are wanting to go to the grand Canyon, like that ain't going to fly, you know, to, no. to do that. So where could that money be potentially better spent in gasoline option or a CNG or propane, you know, propane. I, th- I feel like CNG is kind of going going to the wayside, and propane's kind of taking over that that stronghold, you know, between the CNG is. We did a lot of CNG in the in the Midwest, and it's it's such a hassle. I mean, really, just the infrastructure to have a right to sustain the CNG fleet. 
it, it just doesn't make sense. I get really, I mean, throughout there, I guess it does for them where they had some companies come in and help build the infrastructure. But, you know, on a CNG, you can only get so much fuel in it in a short fuel up time to get a full tank. It has to set overnight. Um, that's why I think propane is a lot more prevalent out here, yeah. even gasoline. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people start kind of steering away from diesel and going the gas option just because of the the DEF issues and the particular filters and not understanding how to control or manage those systems, right? They don't get an opportunity to get out and, you know, do their burnoffs. So they're running into having to either replace the, the filters altogether or have to send them off to get baked and... So they're just like, you know what? We don't even want to deal with it. We're going to move to a to a gas option, right? So you're seeing a resurgence of gasoline kind of coming back, so to speak, because they don't necessarily want to go have to deal with the infrastructure change out for propane, right? But potentially maybe they do because they have, you know, uh, only a split gallon, you know, say 6,000 gallons of unleaded and 6,000 of diesel. And now all of a sudden they get away from diesel. They need more of a unleaded option right so they've got to kind of forward think and plan like are we going to need a bigger tank in order to house more fuel for the system that we're moving to the good now the good thing you talk about the the because you came from a propane district so i understand that you're a little behind on this (laughs) (laughs) the good thing about the diesel is cummins a few years ago figured out a way to increase the heat at a lower RPM, which mm-hmm. is very beneficial for ambulances, for school buses, you know, around town trucks, if you will. Um, they, they, they figured out a way to increase the heat generated to help burn off the diesel particulate filters in the DPF, which really I haven't seen region issues in a long time on new buses. You know, they, they've curbed that issue. Now the new issue, it, it, kind of how technology goes, right? You, you install something new dpf uh egr and now you're the def system and over time they start to figure out all the problems and fix the problems with it and then something new comes along just as the problem gets fixed here's something new now figure that out and that's kind of where we're at now the dpf is kind of a thing of the past you know as far as having to take them off and bake them and you know i mean they've, they've got the region issues down pretty well thanks to cummins i think they did a really good job in, in curbing that issue uh, now you got the DEF issues, the quality level sensor, the QLS sensors with the DEF fluid getting in there and crystallizing and causing problems. Every manufacturer has worked on it. I think we're on like the fourth or fifth design. It's, so far, what I've seen, this one seems to be working pretty well. Time will tell mm. the rest of them. You know, they, they, they put it out there. They, oh, this is going to work great. Something happens, you know, that they didn't predict. Okay, so then the next generation, they tweak that, they fix that, they put it back. So, okay, now it's fixed. Now something else. So when you fix one problem, you discover a new problem. You know, it, it's kind of sure. like a link, you know. You know, you, you go, you fix, you find the weakest link. Each time you fix the weakest link, you find the next weakest link. And I think we're on, like, I think generation four or five. I think Bluebird's on, like, five or six. Uh, I don't know what Thomas is on. They're probably five or six or four or five. Who knows what they're on? But they've all done a good job of kind of keeping it. But there's only like two manufacturers, QLS sensors for all of us. Mm. You know, we kind of share. It's just kind of our own little design. Uh, sounds like ours, they're on the right track. But then again, like I say, time will tell. 
and that that's an issue with all of them is QLS. Well, and there therein lies why maybe you would want to lease buses over purchasing them, right? I mean, you always kind of move <clears> on <throat> to the next latest and greatest, and don't have to necessarily wait for those issues to work themselves in to become a problem. So, I mean, it's and that's why I push. Whenever I sell a bus, get the five-year warranty. Mm-hmm. Get the don't even don't even ask me. Don't let's not talk about it. There's no conversation. Get the five-year warranty. Get the five-year warranty. Cover the five years on your QLS. Cover the five years on, on everything on the bus for the most part. And also push the five-year tow warranty. And I, I got a great story a couple years ago. I sold a few buses to school, and the next summer they set. First, you know, I think it's like second generation QLS, and I pull into one of our service apartments, and there's one of their newer buses on a tow hook, you know, on a tow truck. Now, when I asked service, said, "Why is that bus here?" Oh, QLS. Oh, but why is it here? Well, it came in to get repaired because of QLS sensor. Okay, I'm gonna ask again. Why is it here and not there? Well, because it needs fixed. I said, "Hold on a second. They have a tow warranty." Our mobile service can go fix it on their lot, send our mobile service out there and fix their buses. Don't tow them in. We did. So the three that they had down at their school that hadn't been towed yet were repaired quicker than the one that they had towed in. So on a QLS that can be fixed on the lot, that's why you get the five-year warranty. You know, And then as you're being covered under warranty, they'll continue to, to improve the quality of the sensors so you won't have that issue. Eventually, we won't have that issue. But you're right. And, you know, something new is coming. You know, they'll, I don't know what the next thing will be after EGR, DPF, DEF, like DZH or something. Who knows what that'll be? <laughs> like the kids will have to like pedal the that, bus or something. Coin that acronym <laughs> yeah. for, for Chad. <laughs> It'd be like student-assisted powertrain. It'd be SAP because I have to help pedal to help save fuel and Sure. Who knows? Right on. So, and, and and I think just I want to touch on a quick point there. You know, obviously, um, districts that might be missing mechanics or whatnot, you guys have a pretty full truck that will, you know, come out a service available to go out to to help if they, they need assistance, right? We have 14 mobile technicians right now yeah. in the state of Arizona, which is huge. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, you know, RWC also does trucks. So, you know, their schools have trucks also big for that as well. So, yeah, it, uh, it's it been a godsend, especially with the QLS sensor issue. You know, you got the cast grand, they got a QLS out, you get an email, get the mobile service, they got a QLS out. That's something that was hit with this shortage with supply chain issue. There was a point and it's just starting to come out of it. You can hardly get one. They couldn't manufacture them fast enough because of the, you know, the shortages of material and supplies. And and there was a deal that came out. I, I'm assuming it had to be a, an agreement with the, uh, the uh, EPA that you could go in and reprogram your computer on the bus to bypass the QLS until the supply chain caught up so they could still use the bus. So in other words, you bypass, you just, you know, kick the pollution back up until the <laughs> supply chain caught up. And then when it comes in, and you can get your new. Well, at least they figured a workaround rather than you know yeah. they realize the importance of needing the vehicle on the road versus sitting there and not having an option, right? And then, you know, years ago with the with the DPF issue and the regen issues they had, they uh, they allowed 
uh, ambulances and fire trucks to bypass the DPF because I mean, think about it. You got, you know, you got a busted leg and you get a bone sticking out of it in your backyard. You fall off a ladder, putting up your Christmas lights and you're waiting on an ambulance to regen over there. Quick trip to come get you. I mean, <laughs> your yeah. house is burning down, but the ambulance is, or the fire mm-hmm. truck's going to pull over and regen on the way to your house. Oh, valid what a terrible, what a terrible idea. That all valid points, right? So yeah. it's, yeah. Uh, it's so, certainly interesting to see where, where buses have, just technology in general has come from and where it's going and, you know, what what our infrastructure for electric will look like in the next, you know, 10, 15 years and the viability of ownership, right? I feel like for a lot of districts, it's still, like you said, I mean, kind of equated to TVs 10 years ago, right? Uh, you know, a 60-inch TV was $3,000 and now you can get them at you know, target for 500 bucks. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it'll, I think it'll get there. And, and to me, I think for those, those routes that are, you know, close to the district, they're running maybe 50 miles a day or, you know, something like that might become a a reasonable option. But, um, you know, I think just the other side of it is that there is still going to be that need for, um, you know, some different type of fuel, whether that's diesel, gas, propane or whatever for you know those longer trips those longer runs um you know you still get uh districts that are running into other states for whether it's sports or field trips or you know extracurricular type activities that just that infrastructure can't happen and even probably once it is there like again like what's what is that going to look like right okay they still have a 500 mile range so you know how far are they going I, going up mountains, what is that going to look like? You know, they actually have to plan for a stop in Yuma or, you know, Blythe or something to charge up. And, you know, how long does that take? Right. So on the mountain side, here's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sure the others have it. I know that I know the IC obviously because I've driven it and I, you know, I sell them, but we have a regenerative braking system, Mm -hmm. which is very cool. I was interested in it. I was even more impressed after I played with it, drove around for quite a while. I actually drove the bus with Tom Hartman and we went back to the office and he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, get out. I'm going to keep driving the bus. I'm going to a couple of districts. This is cool. Like, I don't want to stop driving this bus. But the regenerative braking was neat in the sense that you can set three different levels, kind of like a, you know, an old Jake brake, right? So you have three different levels. One being the least amount of braking, two being you know the medium amount, three being the highest amount of braking, which will slow you down to like three mile per hour before you finally have to apply the brake yourself, which is very cool. The cool thing about it is it puts charge back into the battery as it's braking. So in California, they're running a massive hill out there when they're testing these, this regenerative braking. It took 16% of the ba- or 17% of the battery to get to the top of the hill took 17% battery charge to get to the top of that massive hill out there. Came down the other side with the regenerative braking. They gained 16% back. Wow. That's pretty cool. And I think on a, I think on a school route, that's going to be, because I tested, like I ran through some neighborhoods just playing with this mm-hmm. bus and I used the highest setting regenerative braking. I think once this, once the driver gets used to it, they'll wind up on like the middle setting. But if you're running through the like a neighborhood, like you're going up to bus stops, I don't know how that is because I've never done it, but I'm assuming how it works. 
<laughs> because I've never been a bus driver. I'm assuming this is what you guys do. So I'm driving through these neighborhoods and I was using the Regina braking to help pull me up and stop, you know, mm-hmm. in certain areas. And I'd drive on a few more blocks and I'd use it again. And I was watching the battery charge and what percentage it had and watching it put the charge back in. I think that's a great feature for a school bus route because you can help kind of put charge back in your bus as you're driving around picking up kids with all sure. the stops you have. Sure. So, you know, you, you actually maybe it will Maybe a 220 mile range is legitimate if you use it properly. Yeah. If you use your agenda braking, I don't know yet, but that might be realistic. Yeah, and, and I I agree. I mean, I think there are. I think the big piece is the the price the price point, right? I mean, you can almost get a what you know two for one, three for one, depending on what you're looking at. You know, of but if, but if Uncle Joe's giving you a boss, you take it, right? True. I mean, I true. One, I, had, I had one district that's like, I, I don't want to buy an electric. I don't want electric. I said, if the government gives you one, well, well yeah, I'll take one if they're going to give me one. That's exactly. If they're going to give you one, why would you not yeah. get one? I mean, I'd still be but curious. Get one, that, get one you're going to use. You sure. Know, get a sped bus. Yeah, I'd still be you know, curious as far as like what – you know, how that grant system works. Does everybody that applies gets one or you still, I mean, there's going to be some districts that aren't going to qualify because they're more of a fluent district than some of the others. Right. And so it's like, you know, that makes it difficult. Still, it's still, a, it's just because they might be more fluent doesn't necessarily mean that they can still afford, you know, those types of things. Right. It's all up to each district on how they fund their money. And a lot of them fund it right into the classroom. So that means that, their transportation department may not be, you know, as well off as, as some people think. So I think that, you know, those are important things to, to think about and try and figure out how to work around. We, we believe in, and we're working, we've got a grant writer working on it. And of course they government and everyone's still trying to figure out how to piece this together. But our prediction is it'll be set up similar to other um, grants like this in the past, not electric, but alternative fuels where, You'll be broke. The EPA will have the states broke into five regions. The, the entire United States will be broken into like a five region area. Um, and your high pollution areas will probably be the ones that, you know, your poor schools, poorer schools, less funded schools, and high pollution areas will be the ones they target first, mm-hmm. you know, to get bus in there. Um, then it'll kind of grow out from there. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be certain schools that, they don't have enough pollution or enough title nine students or enough, you know, whatever the, the criteria is going to be, they're going to be some of the last on the list for sure yeah. is what we think will happen. But um, luckily Tom's pushing to make sure that once everything is on paper, we're set and ready to help school district apply for the grant, sure. you know, whichever direction they go. But because it's important that these schools get it, get it quick, especially if you've got these schools that, could use a bus, you know, it's an electric bus uh, or a propane bus. Hey, we need, they need a school, you know, they need a bus. Yeah. You know, they're in a poor district with the uh, high pollution. Let's get a bus in there, help them out, help curb some of the pollution and, and uh, help them transport their, their kids as soon as possible. Yeah. So dragging feet and help making them figure it out, you know, trying to be proactive and help the school districts figure out what they can and can't do and who's eligible at the sure. beginning. So, I, I, we think that's how it'll be. We we think it'll be like a lot of the other ones. Huh. It'll be set up in a in a system like that. We have five regions, and it'll certainly, certainly going to be interesting. Up. And you know, definitely looking forward to what um, you know what 
what everything's going to look like, right? We've just seen more electric buses out there. You're already seeing more electric vehicles out there. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be for sure, um, for sure very interesting at, at who takes advantage of it and and kind of who still goes with the uh, the old, or I guess the Chad's family feeling of, you know, we're, we're all oil and <laughs> diesel. <laughs> so, keep running that. Yeah. Keep running that oil. Yeah. Keep burning that coal. For sure. Well, Chad, I appreciate you uh, coming in for a Sunday during football and talking a little bit yeah. about just, you know, getting us back going. We're going to be uh, back at it in a couple of weeks with um, a pretty fun guest. So looking forward to that Who's one. That? We'll t- uh, Jason Chess. Um, he's a Tyler Tech rep, but uh, we're going to be talking about kind of his previous life before moving into Tyler Technologies. So um, I'll be hold on, hold on. You had a fun guest today. What are you talking about? A, couple a, weeks fun, we'll guest. a fun guest. You're a regular. He's a guest. Oh. How's that? Well, I don't feel like a regular because the intro doesn't <laughs> say a dang thing about me. You're not really pulling it off either. So. Okay. You want me to record my own? I can record my yeah, own. Yeah, maybe you should. I don't know. <laughs> you should, or we can we can ask Shannon to. She's a good writer, so um, we can see if she can write some BS statement for you. <laughs> I don't know. If she has a, I don't know if Shannon has a high enough opinion of me to let her uh, write my intro. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I can ask Tommy. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, let Tommy. Well, no, no, no. Tommy's way too sarcastic. That was my point. Let, ja- let Jackson write it. He has a high opinion of me still. He's ask, 12. Ask he still Jackson. has a high opinion of me. Ask Jackson to write it. We'll include it. All right, friends. He's te- well, thanks for he's joining. Te- he's, not, he's, not, he's not a teenager yet, so he still thinks highly of me. There you go. Well, I'm sure he still will even after his teens. Thanks again for joining, everybody. Uh, hopefully, we'll be getting this a little bit more regular. We are going to take a little break after our not this episode, but the next episode for just for the holidays and then hopefully get back after it. So, um, hold on, wait, so we're not going to do a holiday special musical this year either. We didn't do it last year. We're not going to do it this year. I don't want to sing. Do you, do you want to sing with me? You going to do a duet? I hate singing. Sing like let it snow. I love the song. Let it snow. I can sing that. Like a Bing Crosby stuff. If you you want to no Christmas special this year. Uh, I'm sure we could try and figure out something if you really want, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how we we'll see how the schedule goes. How's that? Let's get let's get eggnogged up. And let's talk about Christmas. this. Is gonna be my first winter that I have to work through winter break. I, I'm not gonna have uh, two weeks off anymore. So <laughs> That's maybe, right. Maybe we do a, a between Christmas and New Year's special. How's that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Sounds, winter break special. Sounds like a plan. Christmas special. All right, everybody. Until then, a, uh, enjoy your holiday shopping, the cool weather, and um, continue to stay safe out there. Enjoy your winter break if we don't see you before then. All right. Take care and adios. Thank you, guys. See ya. You've been listening to Hey Bus Driver. Thanks for being part of our community. If you're a student transportation professional, you are part of our family. The show is coming to a close, but you can reach out online. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hey Bus Driver Podcast. And check out the website at www.heybusdriver.com. Till next time, this is Hey Bus Driver, signing off.